I was thinking about doing some gambling myself. You know, just a little bit of money. Maybe doubling it and doubling it several more times. I don't know. Kind of just for fun. I was thinking, do you have any tips or ideas about sure things? Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of By the Hook. Colby Powell and Andrew Gilman with you. Andrew, it is time for playoffs. There are playoffs all over the place. Oh. NBA, PGA, uh, that's pretty much it because nobody cares about baseball anymore unless it comes to hitting grand slams whenever you're already winning the game. Playoff season has yeah. arrived, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, when you're thinking something like the uh, Rangers manager was thinking – it's probably best to keep thinking about it and not say that out loud. He, there's no way he could have actually believed that people shouldn't be swinging on 3-0 pitches at this point, right? It was one of the dumber things that I've heard in a long time. A long, long time. And I, I grew sort up playing get, baseball. Like, I get the unwritten rules. That yeah, that was just so incredibly stupid, I couldn't even wrap my mind around it. I, I understand why you wouldn't want to say, hey, don't steal when you have a, an 11-run lead. I can understand why you might not want to go first to third if you're up by nine runs in the eighth inning. But our, it's, it's like telling a running back, uh, when you cross the line of scrimmage and, and you're leading by 30, make sure to just trip over your own feet. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't understand how that helps the sport when, when you do stuff like that. Yeah, it doesn't at all. So uh, we will not be betting on whether any managers get upset about grand slams, but we will be betting on NBA basketball. Have you bet on any playoff games yet, Andrew? Um, I've dabbled a little bit, and uh, did you notice, Colby, uh, this is not yesterday, but the first day of the playoff, favorites went 20-1. and one. Uh, That's totals and, you know, all uh, first half, second half, things like that. So there was a lot of chalk. Uh, yesterday, of course, you get a one seed that loses and a one seed that loses. Uh, you know, it was um, the Lakers lost and then the Bucks lost. So Bucks not exactly worked. the same sort of turnaround. Yeah, they did. They were behind the whole game, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I actually that so that's the one game that I've played. And my logic is I, I love just as a general rule, I do this with football, I look for it with basketball as well. You take a big favorite who comes out flat in the first half and is losing at halftime mm-hmm. and bet them on the money yep. line. Because a lot of times, yep. most of the time, those big favorites come back and they win that game. They were just flat in the first half. I thought that was sure. what was happening with Milwaukee. So I bet mm-hmm. them on the money line yesterday at halftime and kept an eye on it while I was playing golf, and it did not pay off. Orlando kept hitting shots. Milwaukee looked totally flat. So I am 0 for 1 right now in the NBA playoffs. But there's a couple that I like that I'll probably be on today and tomorrow. Well, I'm interested in what you think about, and we're recording here about an hour before tip-off of Utah and Denver. That's a Denver 1-0 and that one. That was a favorite came across. Boston is uh, right after that. They won. And, of course, the Clippers won as well. Uh, but this is another situation that you're talking about. Uh, Toronto losing at halftime to Brooklyn, already up one nothing. Uh, and if you wanted to buy them second half, I think it was minus eight. And they were down five, but now they're down ten. So if you wanted to stomach it and try to take a weaker team, you can get a bunch of points in the second half. That's something to think about. I think, this, I think Utah, uh, moving right into it, I think Utah is probably a good play today. You know, Denver's already got that first game, and, and they've got enough guys that can score. 
So I, I think that wouldn't be a terrible play. My favorite play of the day today is the Philadelphia 76ers at plus 170 on the money line. I think you're getting way too good a value for two teams that I think are fairly evenly matched. I understand Ben Simmons uh, is gone, but now the Celtics have lost Gordon Hayward for four weeks. And this is the kind of series to me, I don't think Boston's winning in four. I think Boston's winning in six or seven. So Philly's going to have to win some games along the way. And I think bouncing back from a game one loss in Boston's first game without Gordon Hayward is a perfect Mm -hmm. spot for Philadelphia. So I am on, I've already placed my bet on, the 76ers at plus 170 on the money line. I think that's a good play. I think a lot of people are still saying uh, the Sixers are done because of uh, what you're saying uh, with uh, Simmons being out. Now, there may again, be some I'm overreaction. in the series. No, I understand. Yeah. But I, and there may be some overreaction to the Hayward situation, too. So they're thinking maybe Philly comes out really motivated uh, to win this one, too. But I would probably not go with the plus one seventy, but I might lay the I might I might take your four and a half points in that one for sure. Yeah, that to me so so far no NBA playoff games have been close. I think the Blazers beating the Lakers last night by seven was the closest final score that we've had so far in an NBA playoff game. So I'm just really, uh, really hesitant to take a small dog on the spread. And obviously that may not continue, but teams are pulling away mm-hmm. late, whether it be from the free throw line or hitting shots, hitting yep. threes like DJ Augustine and Nikola Vucevic yesterday against the Bucks. So I don't know that four and a half is enough to entice me there. We think about the night game tonight, eight o'clock our time here in Oklahoma. Uh, Dallas Mavericks, LA Clippers, Kristaps Porzingis questionable with a, a yeah. knee problem, I guess, but Dallas Mavericks are catching five and a half right now. Well, you know what they say about the NBA playoffs, right, Colvin? It doesn't start until the road team uh, wins the game. I don't, I don't know who the road teams and the home teams are the rest of the NBA season. It's what they've always said about the NBA. So you're saying and the playoffs don't start until Orlando loses a game. Orlando, that's exactly right. They did that last year. Didn't they beat Toronto in game one last they year? And then they come back and beat the Bucks this year. You're exactly right. They looked pretty good yesterday. I think I'm sort of – I'm a seller on the Mavs. Um, I like Luka, but I think that the Clippers – and we said this back in October. Uh, we said this in November. And we said this looking ahead to what should have been an April and May playoff. When the Clippers want to play defense, they've got all the forces to do it. They're long. They're way out on the perimeter. You got Kawhi, you got Paul George, and as the playoffs continue uh, deeper into the playoffs, and this is not the deep end of the playoffs, it's harder and harder to score. And that's against average to better than average defensive teams. The Clippers should be the team to beat because of their defense. I don't think the Mavs can keep up. I think the Clippers are interested in going ahead and, uh, uh, I would say, getting into the next round as soon as possible. I don't think they're going to play around with Dallas here. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. One of my favorite things to do is to watch the line move live. Just watch the live betting line. Because right now, Brooklyn's up 65-60, to 60, and Brooklyn's now plus 215 on the money line. With a five so you point, get 2-1 to one with a five-point lead. With a five-point lead in the third quarter. In the third quarter, yeah. five-point lead. You can get them at plus 215. Worth taking a poke at it? Uh, I wouldn't go any more than a half a unit. If your unit of play is $10, I wouldn't put any more than five on it. That's for sure. Yeah. I would take any points we could get, but uh, I don't know about, I don't know about uh, taking Brooklyn to hang on to this one. I do think that in the same way that the Clippers are ready to move on, I think Toronto's sort of built to win uh, 
also. I don't think they're one of those teams that says, eh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up in game six or seven. I think that they're good enough to get it done. Yeah, I think they probably are too. It's just the value is so enticing whenever you have a team with a lead in the second half and you're getting two to one on your money. So uh, keep an eye on the live bets. That's I would advise people to keep an eye on it throughout the NBA playoffs because I think you can find yep. some good value there sometimes. But I'm probably staying yep. away from the Nets uh, even though the the – Value there is pretty good. I don't think they're going to win the game. So I'll probably stay away well, from that one. As we speak, Colby, with 647 left in the third, it's now 65-63 Brooklyn. And my guess is if you didn't get in at uh, plus 215, you might be able to grab them at 250 because yeah. it's going to be moving up in their favor. My my stream I'm watching the game on was delayed online for uh, going to that commercial break. So it's plus 215 at 65-63. So, right, yeah. right. If you like Brooklyn, uh, conversely, if you like Brooklyn or any a dog, like a seven seed, an eight seed, or something like that, and you can have the stomach for it, wait it out. Wait till they get behind a little bit because then you can get great value. If you really like Brooklyn, wait till the fourth quarter starts. You might get plus 300 out of it. Yeah, I already uh, I already bet Philly at plus 170 tonight, but if I find Philly down by seven points at the start of the fourth quarter, I almost wonder if they wouldn't be maybe like plus 240, and then if I really believe in them, maybe throw another quarter or half of a unit down on it. Sure, sure. Yeah. I think that's a fun way to bet the NBA. Uh, you can also cut your losses that way if you have a team like, uh, say, Toronto minus 10 in this game to start with or minus 11. You might be able to grab Toronto right now at minus 5, uh, and then, you know, either cut into your losses or maybe clip both of them at the same time. So it, it is a fun way to do it. It's a good way to get yourself into some trouble too, but you can get some of that money back. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Thunder got obliterated yesterday. Yep. That being said, not a big underdog tomorrow. Plus two and a half. Thunder only plus 115 on the money line. Do you see game two as a bounce back game for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder? Um, the Thunder were in that spot that you were sort of talking about yesterday. You know, they're big, down big at halftime. They were minus five and a half second half. So you think, okay, well, all they have to do is lose by, what were they down, 16 at halftime? Maybe they, they get within six, eight, ten points, and you get some of your money back. You bet the Thunder second half. They got run, around, run out of the gym in the second half, too. They never got close. Um, so I do think that it's an overreaction to James Harden. Uh, we don't have Russell Westbrook yet, but maybe the best thing Houston's got going for him. I don't know if this – it sort of seems counterintuitive to say, but not if you're a Thunder fan and you've seen it happen over the last couple of years. But maybe the best thing Houston's got going for them is they don't have Russ. Yeah, you might be right because the thing about Russell Westbrook, he does a lot of things exceptionally well. But one of them is not shooting. And I think that Russell Westbrook being out gave a guy like Ben McElmore quite a few more minutes who was torching the Oklahoma City Thunder. I almost think the Thunder might benefit from having Russell Westbrook, who is a non-shooter on the floor, yep. because even though he yep. can beat you in other ways, it would yep. affect Houston spacing because the way Houston spaced the floor last night, not only could they pretty much jack up threes and were hitting almost anything they looked at, but they were getting easy drives to the bucket because guys were terrified to help uh, on, yep. on help defense because they were leaving their man in the corner and getting burnt every time. That's a great point. Russ can win games for you, and as you know, we've watched him very closely over the last half decade or more. He can lose some games for you, too. He can shoot you right out of the game, and you just know, you just know in his heart of hearts and his mind is he wants to beat the Thunder. He was very animated on the bench, which is good for him. He was being a great teammate yesterday, and he's always been that way. When he's on the bench, he's always firing up his teammates, but when he gets on the court between the lines, sometimes he loses his mind, and 
Uh, I think he would go out there and press a lot. He does affect the spacing quite a bit as well. But uh, if he's not playing, uh, they're certainly not as good of a team, but they might be more equipped to win, which seems sort of weird to say out loud. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. It it might make them a better matchup for Oklahoma City because it makes it tougher for Adams to guard more guys that can shoot. Another line that I'm looking at tomorrow, and and this one actually has me perplexed a little bit, is the Lakers and the Blazers, which I think is a very evenly matched 1-8. I think this is the most even-matched 1-8 1-8 you might ever see in the NBA because Portland, for most of the season, didn't have Nurkic, um, didn't have guys healthy, and was just kind of plotting along, and now they have caught fire in the bubble. They're 7-2 mm-hmm. and two in the bubble. Damian Lillard, you know, goes around a screen, pulls up from 36 feet last night, and it's no problem for him. They are six-and-a-half-point dogs tomorrow night, plus 245 on the money line in a series that I think is pretty evenly matched. Well, this is a square pick in a square situation, but give me LeBron. Only given six and a half. He's the best player on the court. I know Willard's impressive. All the reasons you mentioned with Portland. But give me the Lakers down a game. Or actually, forget the Lakers. Give me Norman High School. Give me Edmund Santa Fe with LeBron down a game. I'm going to lay the point. I I just think it sounds like a square play. But I think it's a smart play. He doesn't let you down very often. Yeah, he doesn't. But, I mean, he didn't let him down last night. He had 23, 17, and 16. And they got beat because they just didn't have another... They didn't have enough other guys doing things. I was fairly disappointed in Anthony Davis's performance, only seven points in the second half. Yep. And the rest well, of the Lakers, just there's not a ton of firepower there. Well, that's true. But how many years have we said that about LeBron's team? You're At right. least half of the season, maybe more than half of the season. The Cleveland team that won the championship had some nice players get hot. But you were always saying, who else is going to do it? Who else is going to contribute? Who's going to pick it up? If LeBron can't motivate Anthony Davis to play better, then LeBron is not the player that I think he is. And, and I just don't think that's true. LeBron gets the most out of his teammates almost all of the time, and I don't see why that wouldn't happen tomorrow night. Yep, we're in agreement there. Let's move on a little bit to the other playoffs that are getting started this week, and that is the Northern Trust at TPC Boston. Uh, I did not have Jim Herman winning last week at 5,000-1. to Did you have Jim Herman last week? No, I didn't, Colby. You have to have a crystal ball. to the podcast. You would have to have a crystal ball, and then you would have had to have another one to confirm that crystal ball because you wouldn't have believed that. You'd have to have had a crystal ball Uh, and money that you don't care about. You would have to have had some definite liquid cash that you you weren't uh, married to. But I told you Harold Varner. I liked him a lot. I told you – who else did I tell you? Doc Redman. Doc Redman. I told you that one. Liked him a lot. And both of those guys, Harold Barner started off on fire and then got himself in trouble like he usually does, but got himself back into the tournament late. Doc, Doc Redman was down a, down one stroke going into the back nine. That's all you can really ask for out of a 60-1. to one. So uh, I, I felt like I was pretty close. If any of those people you had on those guys at top 10 or top 20 finishes, you'd have come out way ahead. I am loading up this week. Every pool that I'm in, I'm rostering Tony Finau. Am I crazy? Not at all. Not at all. I think he's a good pick. This is, you know, this is uh, the FedEx Cup. You're going to get the best players. Tony Finau is a top 10 machine this year. He, he seems like he's always in the money. Not a, I like Jason Day. He's been really hot lately. I think this is the week that he gets it done. Yeah, Jason Day's got four top sevens in a row, and he's played well at this golf course. Tony Finau I got at 33-1. to one. So here's my five plays this week. Tony Finau at 33-1. to one. Sung J M M at 66-1. to one. 
he's been really good lately. Well, he, he it really started to come together for him last week. Uh, T to green yep. last week, he gained eight strokes on the field, T to green last week. And TPC Boston's a ball strikers course. It's a second shot golf course. The winners there over like the last decade have been twice as good approaching the green as they've been off the tee. So that's an important stat to know going in this week. Another guy, ball striking machine. How about Victor Hovland at 50 to one? Any love? Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind Victor Hovland. I also don't mind if you like, uh, if you like Oklahoma State guys. Matthew Wolf was, what, two putts away, basically, from three putts away from winning the PGA. Yeah, he it's missed, not like uh, he's going to let you down either. Yeah, he missed seven footers on 12 and 13. He missed a three footer on 14, and he finished three shots out of Morikawa. Three shots behind Morikawa. Yeah, and, and Morikawa maybe had the shot of the decade, you know, teeing off like he did on 16 and running it up there and making his eagle. So uh, it took that to beat Matt Wolf. So I don't, I don't have any problem with Matt Wolf. I don't have any problem with Hovland. Uh, and, and I do like Tony Finau. I, I think that you can put Tony Finau, let me see what I can get on him right here, as a top 10 finish. You're not going to get a big payday on somebody like that. Jason Day is plus 225. Tony Finau plus 270. These are top 10 finishes. You could make a little bit of cash on that. You could you could put a little bit on the side. You know that DeChambeau is going to be right there. Justin Thomas should be right there. And those are even money guys. And you don't have to have a win. It's hard to pick a winner. What are there, 75 guys this week, by the way? Uh, 125 guys this week. Oh, They'll cut oh, it down it to 70. To it goes to 70 next week. Morikawa gets you plus 1.8 to 1 also. So the good thing about this tournament is you get huge names. Uh, the bad thing is uh, those huge names have to pass other huge names at the top of the leaderboard. You don't have to worry about Doc Redman or Jim Herman muddying up the waters late, that's for sure. Yeah, and I told you anytime Tiger plays, I'm going to put 10 on him, so we can just skip the part where you make fun of me for putting 10 on Tiger. Yeah. 40 to 1 this week. He seems healthy. Went and played 18 at Wingfoot on Monday. Probably looking more ahead to that tournament than he is this one, but I'm going to be on it whenever he wins 83. I can guarantee you that. Uh, I'm actually... And- I, I have a guy this week who okay. I think is going to find his way to the winner's circle. I'm actually putting two units on Rory McIlroy at 14-1 to 1, since the odds are lower, putting two units on it to make that payout a little bit better. He's won twice at this golf course, and mm-hmm. he's picking up a bunch of strokes tee to green on the field at TPC Boston in his career. If he gets the putter rolling even a little bit, this feels like the kind of tournament that he could win by, by multiple shots. Yeah, and I think some of those guys like Rory and Kepka. They sort of need uh, a little bit of that, um, what would you call it, manufactured motivation. And the FedEx Cup, for all intents and purposes, is only designed to keep us golf fans uh, interested in the golf season after the four majors. Of course, it's not working that way this year because, you know, COVID and everything. Well, yeah, we'll have the U.S. Open two weeks after the Tour Championship. Yeah, it doesn't seem to make any sense at all, does it? And then we get a Masters after that, so even better. But, yeah, I could see a guy like Rory doing something special like that. I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. There's so many big names. It's hard to go wrong. And I think this is not the week that I probably would try to, to, try to uh, pinch a winner exactly, but maybe a top five or a top ten because there's, I think there's a lot on the line for a lot of these guys. Yep, I'm with you there. All right, good stuff. Uh, maybe next week. I'm still waiting. We've got SEC win totals right now, but I want to wait until we have win totals for the other conferences too before we really dive into that. But I would imagine yep. – I would imagine we'll get that stuff for the other conferences within the next week, wouldn't you think? Well, until one of these other conferences cancels in the next right. couple of days. But, yeah, we should. I mean, that's the thing is I think all these totals, is everyone even playing the same amount of games that makes it really difficult? Like, OU and OSU are playing 10 games, right? One non-conference, non-conference. 
is the SEC just playing the same thing, or are they playing all SEC games? I don't even know. I think they're playing all SEC games because I know that I saw Arkansas schedule yesterday. Arkansas right now in Vegas, their win total is one and a half, and the under, the under, the under is juiced at minus one thirty. You can get even money on over one and a half with Arkansas. Well, without looking at their schedule, not knowing their schedule, who are they going to beat, Colby? Who are uh, they going to beat? Yeah, I mean, on their schedule, Bandy? they've got Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Uh, they're they're not getting to two. No. I mean, they may get one. That's like a Kansas situation, right? I mean, a Kansas is usually at two and a half or something, and that's with three non-conference games. And one of those is usually against an FCS team. So, And they still don't get there very often. So uh, I think, yeah, Arkansas – is in contention with Kansas as being one of the worst power fives in, the, in, in well, whoever's left playing this year, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, good stuff this week. Uh, next week we might have some football to talk about. We'll definitely mm-hmm. have more NBA playoffs. We'll do it again next yep. Wednesday, Andrew. Okay, sounds good. All right, that's Andrew Gilman. I'm Colby Powell. I want to remind everybody to check out Thrive Fantasy. Download the Thrive Fantasy app. It's prop bets. It's basically DraftKings for prop bets. It's awesome. It's it's a lot of fun. You can do uh, NBA, PGA, MLB, whatever you want to do. The NFL, whenever it starts up, they give you props to pick from, and you check it out. Use the promo code HOOK when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant $20 bonus for your first deposit of $20 or more. Again, that's Thrive Fantasy. Download the app and have a ton of fun. All right, that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Back next week with more by the hook.